Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 101, Your Questions Answered. Hello, my beautiful friends. As my favorite podcast listeners like to say, hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Don't want to deny you that intro. I'm so happy to be here. Wasn't last week amazing? Celebrating our 100th episode. So, so fun. I love you all. So I actually had wanted to add this portion that I'm going to be talking about today, which is answering your questions that you wrote into me about during our 100th episode, but we it just turned into a really long episode and I didn't want to add like another 30 minutes to it. So I'm doing an episode, the 101th episode, with answering your questions that I asked you to write in to me so I could answer them on the podcast. So we've got a couple of really good ones, a range of topics that people wrote in about. So I'm just going to jump in and start answering them. So Stacy wrote in and she said, how did you know you wanted to stop drinking completely? How did it go from cutting back, feeling emotions and urges, and making intentional drinking and eating plans to deciding to not drink at all? Just curious. I have not been drinking as I am working on identifying emotions, feeling feelings, processing, etc. And really, I am not missing it, but also at this point, want to enjoy a glass of wine with friends occasionally. Just curious how your journey progressed to a place of not drinking at all. Thank you. Well, thank you for that question, Stacy. And it's a really, really good question and very common. I get asked this a lot. So I didn't know when I first started my journey that I did want to stop drinking completely. I My main goal was to stop over drinking and to establish a better relationship with alcohol, one that I could trust myself with, one that when I said I wasn't going to drink or I was only going to have one or two, that I honored that to myself. So that was a process. So in the very beginning, I took a long-term break. I decided that I wasn't going to drink until I got to my goal weight. And that, to me, was was one aspect of the bigger picture. So I had struggled with my weight for my entire life, ever since I was in middle school. And I tried all the diets, all the things. And one thing that was consistent, especially in college and you know throughout my adult years, was alcohol. And every time I overdrank, I also overate. And I would be really good, in quotes, (laughs) during the week with my food or something. And then uh, the weekend would come and Friday night would come and I would drink a bottle of wine and eat a a bowl of popcorn or order a pizza or, you know, snack unnecessarily on like cheese and crackers and crap. So I just knew through trial and error that it was something that was holding me back from my goals. And I had struggled with this for so, so long that I was really willing to do whatever it took. And my coach told me that I needed to be to be willing to do something I hadn't done before. What hadn't I been willing to do in the past? And in the past, I had never really evaluated my relationship with alcohol. Yes, I would take you know, a break here and there, a couple weeks off here and there, you know, 
just to like get healthy because I definitely would be overdoing it to kind of like get my inflammation under control and like lose some extra water weight and feel better. But, you know, I hadn't really evaluated my relationship with alcohol. So at the beginning of my journey, I decided to take a break from alcohol until I got to my goal weight to see what that meant and to see, you know, if that could have big changes in my life. And I really didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that I was willing to do whatever it took because I wanted this to be the last time that I lost weight. And so I didn't know how long that break was going to be. It ended up being 90 days. And it was really fascinating because I did the work on feeling those urges and being in uncomfortable situations with my friends and social situations and traveling, going on vacations. You know, I celebrated my 40th birthday at a winery without drinking during that time. So I put myself in situations that I knew that would be challenging and I wanted to work through that without drinking. And I, I just can't, like for me, that was a great like decision, right? It, it depends on where you're coming from. Definitely, I help my clients make those kind of decisions together, just like my coach helped me make that decision. So at the beginning, I just told myself I was willing to take however long it took until I got to my goal weight and I would evaluate my relationship along the way. And I did that in the very beginning. So it only took me a few weeks to really work through my urges, reduce my desire for alcohol. And then like by like the 60 day mark, 30 day, 60 day mark, I was like, I really just didn't want alcohol. Like I really didn't care about it. I could go out, be with people, have fun, all that stuff. And I did not think about it, worry about it, wonder what people say any of that because I have done the work that I teach my clients to do now. Okay. So it, and then it, I went on vacation to Europe for my 40th birthday. It was like a 40th birthday year celebration. <laughs> and when I was planning that trip, before I started coaching, like I started planning that trip like 18 months in advance, I booked a four-night or three-night stay at a freaking winery in Sicily, Italy. <laughs> it was like an agriturismo situation where they had, it was like this organic grape winery farm where they had an on-site chef and kitchen and it was beautiful vineyards and it was out in the country and it was just absolutely amazing. So I planned to have some drinks and I'm really glad that I did. Like it was, you know, it wasn't a big deal and I didn't, definitely didn't overdrink, definitely did not get drunk, very intentional with what I was drinking, exactly how I teach you guys to do that. And then I came back from that trip and I continued planning my alcohol. So maybe I would have like one glass of wine or two glasses of wine once or twice a week. It maybe wasn't even that much. And I did that for a couple, like maybe a month or two. And then I had one glass of wine that was planned out with dinner with my family. And I remember drinking that glass of wine and it just numbed me. It really just, it was like a putting a blanket. This is the best way I can describe it. It was like putting a blanket over my brain. And it made the experience with my family foggy. And we were at like a, a pretty nice restaurant, something at that time that was a little unusual for us to do. Like we were always very budget minded and, you know, would just like go out for Mexican or something cheap for dinner. But we were at this really nice taco place. You know, they had nicer wines and cocktails and things like that. 
and I had this one glass of rosé. I was sitting there with my family. I just felt this blanket come over me, and my and it was just foggy, and I was unclear, and I was really buzzed, and I did not like it. And I remember thinking, I think I'm done with this. It was just it just happened in that moment. We were, I remember we were walking out to their, our minivan with the kids and my husband, and I told I looked over my husband. I'm like, I think I'm just done with drinking. And I remember riding home. And I was just really buzzed and I like, my heart rate was increased a little bit. I was very conscious of the effect of the alcohol on my body and my brain and I did not like it at all. Like there was not one aspect to it that I enjoyed. I didn't even really enjoy the taste of that rosé on a summer day in the restaurant. Okay. So from that moment on, I have just kept with that decision. I just think I'm done with it. I think I don't want it. And there have been times where they have come up, like when we bought a new house or I achieved a milestone in my business or, you know, maybe it's like New Year's or something, like a couple times a year where I'm like, I could drink. Is this a time that I would want to drink? And I really think about that decision and I don't make it lightly. I spend some time with it. I might think about it not all day, but, you know, I might give myself a day or two to make that decision. I might journal about it. But I always come back to remembering that day with that one last glass of wine that I had and how I felt. And I know that I would feel the same way. <laughs> so to me, it just doesn't sound like a good time. I'm like, why do I want to buzz out? Why do I want to, you know, be foggy around my people? I love my people. I love my friends. I love my family. You know, of course, it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time with anybody, but I don't want to numb any of it. You know, I just, it just wasn't attractive to me anymore. So when I come to make those decisions still, I remember that one day and I say to myself, I know that my experience with alcohol will be very similar to that. I've had plenty of opportunity to test the waters, to really know what kind of relationship with alcohol that I want. And right now I don't want to have a relationship with it. And then I say, it doesn't mean that you're never going to drink again. It just means this is, we're not drinking for this time. And that takes the pressure off of me thinking about forever, the rest of my life of never having a glass of wine. Although when I think that thought now, like, I don't really care. Like I could make that decision now and be totally fine with it, but I like to give myself some wiggle room. I also know that I change and evolve as a human pretty um, rapidly at times. And I could decide that I want to, and I don't want to like be somebody that goes back on my word that way. So I just like to keep that door open for myself. Um, so that I hope answers your question. I just had an, so basically the, the short answer, how did I know I wanted to stop drinking completely? I had one glass of wine. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And I just keep remembering that experience every time I want to make a decision about drinking or not. It was really that simple. But that came about six months after I started doing this work on myself. I allowed myself a long-term break. I allowed myself to moderate a little bit. And then I came to that conclusion. So I really did all of the work that I teach you all to do about processing my feelings, changing the way I think about all the areas of my life so I felt better in my life. And when I came to that place about six months in, it was a very well-informed decision. Okay, so that's what I really recommend for everybody here as well, to like make a well-informed decision about it. Um, and there was some work that needed to be done before I was able to come to that decision and make it a long-term decision that I've held on to for as long as I have now. All right. So the next question I have is from Helen. 
Helen wrote, I appreciate so much all that I've learned from you about using my higher brain just to say, no, I'm not doing that tonight. My problem is on the nights that I do drink, I tend to want one more glass than I probably shouldn't be having. How do you stop in the middle of a drinking episode and go, I am done? It's a really good question, Helen. Thank you for asking that. This is probably the hardest part of being somebody that still has alcohol in their lives and still maintains a relationship with alcohol. You know, a lot of people tell me that it's easier to just not drink than to moderate, to have one or two. And what I want to say about that and what I sell to all my clients is that you just haven't tried. <laughs> you, doesn't ha- you just haven't really put in the effort to be able to have one or two glasses if that's what you want. Okay, so it's no different than what you do when you say you're not going to drink. It's about managing your mind, making that commitment to yourself, feeling urges, processing through that in the moment. It's just a little bit harder because you have alcohol on board now and you know, alcohol is a drug and it depletes your ability to, you know, stay conscious and make those decisions that have your higher interests at heart, right? So like your goals make it, when you make decisions after you've had a couple of drinks, um, it's definitely more towards your primitive brain's desires and wants versus the higher part of your brain that doesn't want you to be doing that. Okay. So alcohol impedes that decision-making ability when you have it on board. It does not mean it's impossible. I have lots, most of my clients get to the point where they can moderate their drinking. Now they will have an occasional overdrink. I think part of this too is being willing to, as long as you're drinking and know that alcohol is a drug. And once you start, right, your decision-making process, process gets impeded, you will probably have episodes of overdrinking. Like maybe it's once a year, maybe it's twice a year. It won't nearly be as bad. Um, and you recover it from it so much faster because you let go of the shame and the guilt and all the self-loathing that you have after it. And you just continue moving on. You evaluate it and you move forward. So the experience of that overdrink is completely different. But to expect that you'll never overdrink again if you are still drinking, um, I think is a really high expectation. So to answer your question, how do you, you know, tell yourself I am done is you really want to manage your brain before you start drinking. So I recommend that you make a drink plan. So if you do decide that you want to have drinks occasionally, you write a very conscious and deliberate plan with your goals in mind that you want to have with alcohol. So you write down on paper, or if you're in one of my programs, you have worksheets for this, but you write down exactly what you are drinking and how much you're going to be drinking on what day in advance. So I recommend that you make a weekly drink plan. So like say you're not going to drink Monday through Friday. So you would write no drinks on your drink plan Monday through Friday. And then on Friday or Saturday, you would write two glasses of Cabernet. Okay. So when it comes time for those two glasses of Cabernet, you want to be super conscious of them and really ask yourself before you start drinking them, why am I choosing to drink? Am I trying to solve an emotional issue? Am I trying to numb out from something? Okay, so you definitely want to make a hard commitment that you don't use alcohol as a tool to help you feel better (laughs) or to manage a bad day or to, you know, ease boredom or any of that. You want to be really clear on why you want to drink in the first place. You can just decide that it's because you want to and you want to have fun. That's fine. But just make sure that it's not coming from an emotional place. Okay, so if you do have a drink 
on your plan and you've had a shitty day and you notice that, oh, I can't wait to have my glass of wine or my two glasses of wine, I would recommend pausing and processing and working through that before you have the glass of wine. And if you can't, if you can't like get to a place, a more neutral place, I would decide not to have that glass of wine. Because when you choose to drink from an emotional place, we always overdrink. That's when we're using something outside of ourselves to make ourselves feel better. And we we look to the alcohol to do that. And then we always need more and more and more to get the desired effect that we're after. All right. So you want to manage your brain before you have your planned drinks. You want to have a plan written on paper and you want to check in with yourself and your feelings before you start drinking is what I would recommend. And then as you're pouring that second glass, if that's how many you've planned for before you pour that second glass, you say, this is my final glass. I have chosen to have two because this is what I really want. And then after you have your second you say, okay, I expect that I'm probably going to have some urges for more. I know that my brain is going to tell me that it doesn't matter. <laughs> One more isn't going to hurt. I can, it's okay if I'm a little tired tomorrow. All the excuses that you know that your brain will deliver. Be prepared for that and know that that's coming. And when those thoughts come in after you finish your second glass of wine, you can just tell yourself, I know. <laughs> I know that this is what we normally think and it's okay, but I'm going to allow myself to feel the urges for more and to sit with this for a minute and I'm not going to die. I've had what I've planned. It is what I want because that's what I want. I put on my plan so I know that the real me has decided what I wanted in advance and what I want right now is just this pleasure that my lower brain is trying to motivate me to get and it's okay and then you go in and you process and feel those urges for more and this is a practice. Okay, so you have like to have this type of relationship with alcohol where you learn how to stop at a certain amount and you don't have that freaking hardcore desire for more. You have to practice in this moment. Okay, and you have to be willing to fail. And if you do fail, you do end up drinking more than that. You have to be willing to learn from that and sit down with your journal and do an evaluation. What worked? What didn't work? And what would I do differently next time? And write out the answers to all of those questions. Do not skip this part. This is where people don't want to do the work because it's it's work, <laughs> right? Like our brain wants it to be easy. Like, well, it's just easier not to drink, right? Not really, because if you want to be somebody that doesn't have issues and you want to be somebody that can occasionally go out and have a glass or two of wine, this is the work that you have to be willing to do. So if you do end up drinking more, don't leave money on the table. Leaving that unevaluated is missing an opportunity for growth and more success down the line. So if you take the time to evaluate why you drink more, like what thoughts came up in your brain, what feeling you weren't willing to sit and process... You will know and be more conscious next time those same thoughts come up and you're like, oh yeah, this is what happened last time and these are the thoughts that I recognize and this is why, you know, this is that time where I tend to drink more and have a strategy for how you're going to handle that next time. That's what is in the weight of the gold of the evaluation if you do over drink. All right. So that's what I would recommend. Really good question, Helen. All right. The last question is from Laura. Laura wrote, is your method good for people who don't want to give up alcohol altogether? Still have a couple of fun days here and there. 
And she said, the podcasts I've listened to seem pretty much like you don't want to drink at all, and that works for you, but I seriously can't picture that at all for me. I'm in sales, and all we ever do is go to happy hours, and my friends only want to hang out with with wine. I'm 46. I just can't. I just go find a different job or new friends at this stage of my life. Right. So, yeah. So most of my people, just like I was talking about in the last question, Laura, with Helen, is this is the work, right? So most of my clients, I would say 95% of them just want to step over drinking. They want to have a healthier relationship with alcohol. They want to be able to go out with their friends and have a glass or two without that overwhelming desire for more. They want to reduce the chatter in their brains. They want to stop using alcohol as an emotional tool to manage their life. They want to break the cycle of the nightly drinking, okay? Or bingey type drinking on the weekends, holidays, out with friends type behavior. So yes, everything that I teach is that I have just made the decision to not drink, but I also think that the reason why, you know, like I'm very motivated to have the business and the coaching practice that I do is because a lot of people might come to that conclusion that they don't want to drink like me, but if I had only been offered an opportunity to stop drinking from the very beginning, I never would have done this work. And I don't want that to be a barrier for people. I want to be here and coach people on how to stop over drinking and how to establish a healthy relationship because a lot of the time there's just not other resources available for that. And we've been fed so much information in our society, especially with like the AA culture and whatnot, that, you know, we can't drink and that one is never enough, right? I don't believe that. Because that's not the experience that I had in my own journey. I could have maintained drinking a glass or two of wine on occasion a couple times a month. I just just, just didn't really have a place where I just stopped liking it. So it was easy for me to make the decision to not drink. And I don't regret that at all. So I don't want people and women to, like, I want them to be able to explore having any kind of relationship with alcohol that they want. And I want to coach you to get that relationship with alcohol because I believe that you can. I believe that, and and it's true, like a lot of my clients, you know, don't over drink anymore and they're still able to maintain. They still have to do everything that I recommend though. We plan our drinks in advance. We manage our mind around the alcohol. We have intentional thoughts around it. You know, just like I said earlier in this podcast, if you choose to keep alcohol in your life, You need to stay conscious about it and you need to be willing to do the work, the hard work of learning and processing those urges after you've already had alcohol on board and being willing to evaluate, you know, when you do overdrink so that you can learn and grow and proceed towards your goals from there. So absolutely, you know, the majority of my clients want to stop over drinking. I've had a few women that are just know by the time they come to me, they want to be done and I'm help them help them do that as well. I think the six month time frame with the coaching is a perfect amount of time to explore all the different scenarios of drinking, taking a break, moderating, all of that. And you're able to work through some of the triggers and unexpected events that come up in your life um, and have the support on board inside my program that helps you evaluate. And by the end of the six months, you have a really good picture of what kind of relationship you want to have with alcohol and you're accomplishing that. So it's a really good question. Um, I also would, for you, Laura, examine the couple of fun days here and there. <laughs> Highly recommend you go listen to my podcast called what is fun about alcohol? Because we really want to look at the how we're thinking 
about alcohol and fun in that relationship, right? So like when you think about fun days, does that mean, you know, it's an all day drinking event? What does that mean to you? Um, usually when people say language that like, that way, it's like, oh, I just want to, you know, go out on the boat and drink all day with my friends or, you know, I'm on vacation and I want to drink by the pool and all that stuff. And you just really want to look at the big picture of that. Like, how do you feel the next day? When you have a day, a fun day, a Sunday fun day or, you know, rosé all day type day. And like, is it really fun when you do that? When you look at the whole picture and start evaluating what is fun around alcohol. And I'm guessing more than three glasses of wine isn't fun for most people. Might be fun in the moment for just a little bit of time when you're completely numbed out and your brain shut off, right? And you're with your friends and you're laughing and stuff. But that is such a small picture small snapshot in time of the bigger picture. And, you know, I really challenge people on that type of thinking. It's like, is it really fun when you're not sleeping, waking up at three or four in the morning with heartburn, heart palpitations, sweating, and, you know, dehydrated? Mm, Not fun. (laughs) Is it fun waking up with self-loathing thoughts? Like, why did I overdrink last night? And then you tell yourself you're not going to do it. Like all of that is way less fun than that brief period of time when you're in the moment, right? So, That is something we can definitely do, you know, inside my coaching program is we evaluate that whole picture and you get to make decisions about alcohol that serve you and where you want to go on your goals. All right, my friends, really, really good questions. I encourage all of you guys, if you want your question answered on the podcast, all you have to do is email hello at AngelaMesenic.com. And we keep a little file of these types of questions and we do this occasionally or in a masterclass that I teach or on a Facebook live, I can answer your questions. So if you'd like to hear your question answered on the podcast, just send us an email and we will add them to the queue and answer them as we go along. Ooh, you all remember on the 100th podcast episode party, I told you that there was going to be three winners that we would randomly draw for the people that showed up live and hung out with us on the podcast? Well, here are the winners. Winner number one, Stacy C. Stacy, you know who you are. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of your engagement. You have won the book bundle. So Bear by Susan Hyatt, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, and A Happier Hour, which is my favorite sort of before and after recovery book. We will send that to you. We will reach out via email, get your address, all that fun stuff. Congratulations, Stacy. The second winner is Kelly M. Kelly, you won the final $100 Amazon gift card. We will contact you about receiving your $100 Amazon gift card. And then last, but certainly not least, is Lori K. Lori, you won the 45-minute private session with me. Now, Lori happens to be in my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program, so I think that she'll be delighted to receive that 45-minute session. So thank you so much for all three of you. Um, If you guys want to be entered to win these types of prizes in the future, just make sure you stay on my email um, list. You come and you show up to the live classes and all the challenges and do all the things. And I just love, it makes me so happy to gift this all to you and see your delight when you receive these things and hear from you all. I love you all so much. I appreciate all of your support constantly and your feedback and all the fun things. Keep sharing your successes with me. I love hearing them. All right, my friends, congratulations to all. We'll talk to you soon.
Bye. All right, my friends, listen. It is December 1st, 2020. I am opening up my enrollment to my six-month coaching program, and we only have about 10 spots left for the year, and it's going to be filled up by next week. So this is your chance. Like, really, get your applications in now today (laughs) because we're going to be closing down registrations and I'm raising my prices for next year. So if you want to work with me, if you want to solve these issues permanently, have the support of me on your site every single day inside the coaching program um, and to really dive deep to create the kind of relationship with alcohol you want, you really need to join the program. There's not another program like it out there. So get your applications in. The link is in the show notes and we will talk to you next week. Have a beautiful week, everybody. Bye.